Hello, this is Andy, and you're listening to Federal Andy. There's a saying that money is the root of all evil. And I definitely agree with that. I think a lot of people who would normally be considered to be good people as far as kind and generous and thoughtful, sometimes if they have a chance to grab some money, they might be willing to do it if they thought they could get away with it. You know, there's always that temptation. If you find a wallet or something, you naturally have to open it up and look in it to see if you can find out who it belongs to so that you can return it to them. And while you might not take credit cards and go on a shopping spree, you might be interested in uh, how much money's in it. And, you know, what the heck? There's four, five, six hundred dollars cash in the wallet. Would you be tempted? honestly, to take the money or take some of it and then call the person or try to get a hold of them or turn it into the police and say, I found this, there's no money in it, but there's ID. You know, I think a lot of people would be tempted. I don't think I would do it because I would feel guilty. And I would always think, well, that person may have really needed that money. So, anyway, but if you really want to find out something about someone, or if you really want to know about them, especially when it comes to politics, you follow the money. So, I thought that I would just take a look at where the money came from during the 2020 presidential campaign. On Donald Trump's side, where does he get most of his support? If you're interested, this should be a short episode. Stay tuned. The figures that I'm about to give you are based on the 2020 Donald Trump campaign for the presidency. But I want to point out that a lot has changed since then. Notably, for Donald Trump, a lot of his wealthy donors and supporters have abandoned him. So, going into this 2024 campaign, he's going to have to find new sources of money for some people and entities that had pretty deep pockets in the past. So, who has he lost? Well, there is a conservative billionaire by the name of Charles Koch. You might have heard of Koch Industries, that's K-O-C-H. And uh, he has supported Donald Trump in the past, but he has pretty much announced that he is looking to back a Republican other than Trump. He's apparently not happy with uh, the way the midterm elections went. 
Trump endorsed a lot of people uh, that uh, didn't get their seats. And I think he feels that there is a bit of, um, there's some waning interest in Donald Trump among some Republicans. The chairman and CEO of a private equity firm known as Blackstone, which is one of the biggest or the biggest private equity firms in the country, uh, the chairman and CEO is a man by the name of Stephen A. Schwarzman, and he has revealed that he's looking for a candidate from the GOP's, as he put it, quote, new generation, end quote, which means someone other than Trump. Hedge fund billionaire Kenneth Griffin is supporting Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who has many of the same policies as Donald Trump. And he might be a little bit smarter, but what he doesn't have going for him is the personality. He doesn't have that on-camera whatever, star power that a lot of people seem to think Donald Trump has. I don't know. I find Donald Trump to be very annoying to watch or, and to listen to. I don't like the breathy way he speaks and he draws out some words, almost like he's trying to be the male Marilyn Monroe or something. And the hair with the big comb over, the summer blonde tinted hair and the five layers of tawny coral makeup on his face with the white eyes that look like a reverse raccoon. Come on. Anyway, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Ron DeSantis, and he is a fascist, and he is a racist, and he is a bigot. He doesn't like people with uh, dark-colored skin. He doesn't like gay people or trans people. He doesn't like uh, black people, certainly, uh, you name it. If you're not white and Christian and conservative, he doesn't like you. And policies he's shoving through in Florida right now are making it a very unfriendly place to live and an unfriendly place to visit. And I think maybe this summer they might they might see that. Um, I should note that Ron DeSantis technically, officially has not announced that he's running for the presidency, but you can tell he's gearing up for it. Um, another guy who has been a, a supporter of Donald Trump for a long time is a man by the name of Ronald Lauder. And he's gone on record as saying that he is not going to help finance Trump's 2024 run. So that's a lot of money right there that Trump is going to have to replace going forward. And it's looking pretty dicey for him. He ran on the Stop the Steal and the rigged 2020 election. He formed a PAC or something where he could get money and he collected over $100 million after he left the White House. And he's pretty much gone through that. You know, he had to do a lot of work on his big airplane, not the small one, but the big one, because it sat for years without being used because it needed to be worked on. And he couldn't afford 
to have it worked on until he started getting some money from his supporters. And here's the thing, that pack that he formed right after he left the White House was not under the watchful eye of the Federal Elections Commission because he had not formally announced that he was running for the presidency. So it's kind of like a big old slush fund. And I think from what I understand, he was pretty much able to spend that money on whatever the heck he wanted to spend it on. And over $100 million is a pretty generous little uh, pot of gold, isn't it? Well, apparently it's dwindled down to something around $25 million, and he wanted to build it back up. So I think that announcement a week ago, was it a week ago, Tuesday, or two weeks ago? I don't know. Time drags in some respects and flies in others these days. But the announcement that he was going to be indicted on Tuesday, I think that that was done purely to rile up his supporters because he ended up picking up an extra one and a half million dollars just from that little tweety poo, although it wasn't a tweet, it was a uh, truth social, you know, the Nazi-based, Nazi-encouraged media, social media thing he's got. Anyway, yeah, not not bad, you know, $1.5 million for however long it took him to hunt and peck and tweet that little, or I don't know, I guess they don't call it tweet since it's not Twitter, post that stupid little uh, thing. So let's take a look at the industries that Trump depended on in 2020 for support, financial support. Coming in at number 20, is the crop production and basic processing industry. They donated $6,679,052 to Donald Trump. Coming in at 19 is the pharmaceuticals and health products industry. They were only able to cough up $6,960,879 for Trump. I guess most of their money goes toward advertising because, oh my gosh, I am sick of the pharma ads. Everywhere you look, there are pharma, pharma, pharma ads. Is it any wonder that the cost of pharmaceuticals to Americans is so high? They got to pay for the silly ads. Okay, um, next at number 18 is hospitals and nursing homes. They coughed up $7,290,381 for Trump's 2020 campaign. 17 lawyers and law firms, $8,035,354. It's a lot of lawyers that uh, regret getting involved with Trump. And a lot of lawyers are in trouble. <laughs> Uh, number 16 is the education industry, $8,581,024. 15, general contractors, $8,612,861. 14, civil servants and public officials, $9,256,185. Number 13, miscellaneous manufacturing and distributing. 
$9,800,740. Number 12, TV, movies, and music, $12,146,188. So much for the liberals in Hollywood, huh? Wow, $12 million plus for Trump. Coming in at 11 are health professionals, $14,320,651. Number 10, oil and gas, $14,918,409. Number 9 is miscellaneous business, $16,731,706. I'm sorry, let me start over on that. Uh, $16,731,700. I keep trying. I'll get it out. Uh, Let's see. Next is number eight, securities and investment industries. They uh, coughed up $20,457,226. Nonprofit institutions came in at number seven. They came up with a whopping $24,639,884. Wow. How about number six, miscellaneous finance, 33930 I'm sorry, why do I keep doing that? 33900 Let me start over on that. 33997000 $21. Number five, real estate, $34,881,832. Number four, Republican slash conservative industry, $39,042,801. Number three, casinos and gambling, an industry he's very familiar with, although not really very successful in. $46,406,624. Number two, health services and HMOs. That's uh, your health care companies. $47,281,555. Want to take a guess who number one is? The number one industry that supported Donald Trump? in 2020 for his presidential re-election campaign? Retirees, the retired industry. Who knew that that was an industry? (laughs) And you might want to sit down for this one. Retirees coughed up $263,340,842 for Donald Trump. Wow. The problem with the retired industry is they're getting up there in the years. Of course, they've got a lot of uh, income. They've got a lot of money that they can spend on whatever the heck they want, or at least a lot of them do. And apparently they've kicked in quite a bit of money. Now this is these figures are provided by opensecrets.org and they track the money for politicians. 
So if you want to see where your representative or your senator or whoever is getting its money from, opensecrets.org probably has the information. And uh, the information that I just gave you includes super PACs or hybrid PACs that were working on the candidate's uh, behalf, which would have been Donald Trump's behalf. So you can immediately see the problem here is that the older white Christian conservative retirees are also dying off. And they are not being replaced with younger white Christian conservatives, which is a problem for the Republican Party because America is becoming a less white, a less Christian, and a less conservative nation. And you can be certain that the Republicans know this and they do not like it. That is why so much of their legislation recently has been directed at preventing people from voting because they don't want minorities to vote. They don't want young people to vote, so they're not making it easy. If, if you're a young person at college, they are making it difficult in many cases for you to vote, closing polling places, sending out those ridiculous voter response forms where you have to verify that you still live in a certain area or a certain address and the cards that they send out are deceptive and are designed to look like junk mail so that you're there's a good chance that you might just throw it in the trash thinking it's garbage and i can tell you that that personally happened to me truly it did it was just a little white card inexpensive had my name and address on it and it it looked like junk mail you know uh, fill out this form and return it for a free estimate on replacement windows or something like that. And I literally had it thrown in the recycling uh, trash can. We, we keep two trash cans underneath the kitchen sink. One is for trash that cannot be recycled. And we have a like a trash, you know, one of the trash bag things in that one because we have to wrap it up in plastic like we're gift wrapping it because they don't want to pick it up if it's not wrapped in a petroleum product. And then the other one is for everything that can be recycled, including paper and cans and plastics and stuff like that. So I just tossed it in the recycling thing and didn't even think about it. And then a couple of hours later, I don't know why, but I just got this feeling that maybe I needed to take a look at that again. And I pulled it out and I looked at it and I thought, well, this says it's from the state of Oklahoma, but it looked like junk mail, truly. And I stopped and I picked up the telephone and I called my local elections board and I said, this is what I got in the mail. Is this legit or not? And they said, yes, it's legit. And you do need to return it or you could be removed from the voter rolls and you won't be able to vote. And I was like, they need to... They need to fix this. This needs to have official Oklahoma state government something or other must be returned in order to protect your right to vote or something. They need to put something big on here that lets people know this isn't junk 
and you need to return this. And she said, I know we, we're getting a lot of complaints about it. And they're still doing it. They still do it. And that's a thing. They're trying to get people off the voter rolls. So every year when it gets to be close to election time, I check online and make sure that I'm still registered to vote. And they're deploying tricks to prevent people from voting because they know that when a lot of people turn out to vote, it is not good for conservatives. And retirees, of course, have more time on their hands to vote and they religiously vote, which is another reason why they don't want to make it easier to vote. Mail-in voting, uh, online voting, they don't want any of that. So that's what's going on. And those are the top industries that supported Donald Trump in his 2020 election cycle. And I don't know who's supporting him for 2024. It does kind of seem like his support is waning. Um, I believe Donald Trump commented that his first official rally in Waco, Texas this past Saturday for the um, 2020, 2024, 2024 election cycle, he said something like it was 20 something thousand people, 24, 25,000 or something like that. And there's just no way in heck the the largest official estimate that I heard was 18,000. And I that isn't correct either. You can tell by looking that it wasn't, I don't even think it was 5,000 if you want to know the truth. Uh, maybe more like 1,500 to 2,000, I'm guessing. I don't know. Didn't look like that much. And the fact that he's having a little bit of a difficult time coming up with some money now says a lot. And he's lost a lot of his big uh, donors. So, so sorry, Trump. Anyway, I'm going to let you go. This will be a short episode. I'm going to try to work in some shorter ones because I know a lot of people don't have a lot of time to listen to the longer ones. So I'm going to shut up right now so that this can remain a relatively short episode. Thanks for listening. Hope you have a great day unless you have other plans. Appreciate your time. Thank you for listening. I would be grateful to you if you'd subscribe and share this podcast to let your friends and family know about it. You can also find me on Twitter at Federal Andy, and I'd be really grateful if you would follow me. I usually follow back. Be happy, safe, and healthy, and I'll hopefully be talking to you again next week. Mm-hmm.